This is The Beat Generation, a look at music throughout the years that changed our world, from the original beat poets of the 50s through to the musicians of the 60s until today. They've become known for their influence on music that has shaped the soundtrack of our lives, simply known as The Beat Generation. Welcome to the brand new season of The Beat Generation, produced in association with Bad Boys Media and Townsville's Triple T FM. This show got its name from the 50s and 60s writers that inspired so many musicians, and each week during season three, we'll take a look into albums that changed our lives by artists that have changed the face of the musical landscape. A full song listing can be found at our Facebook page, forward slash music that changed the world, and make sure you check out our Instagram page, The Beat Generation Podcast. A podcast of this show and past episodes can be found on Apple and Spotify, along with other great Bad Boys media shows, including The Bad Boys Unleashed and Secret Men's Business. Check out our shows, and if you like what you hear, then make sure you leave a review. So sit back, put your headphones on, crank up the dial, and journey with us this week in Episode 1 and the year that love came to town as you 2 released Rattle and Hum. This is... The Beat Generation. Welcome to The Beat Generation. I'm Shane Bryan and Season 3 is going to be a little bit different as I bring on board a brand new co-host, Andrew Hackett. How are you? I'm good, mate, and thanks for bringing me onto the show. I'm really looking forward to the musical journey that we'll be taking this year. Now, of course, you and I are part of the Bad Boys podcast, which is a comedy show with, let's just say, a very loose (laughs) format. Now, to everybody listening, make sure you check us out on Apple and Spotify. But you know what, mate? The thing I love about B-Generation is the information and research, the detail that goes into each and every show. Yeah, absolutely. And I also love the fact that there are so many albums and and artists out there and we've had to really refine down the number of albums to look at. This is going to be the start of an incredible season which will encompass artists uh, from the likes of the Beatles and the Beach Boys from the 60s, Bob Dylan, David Bowie in the 70s, right through to more recent artists like Oasis and Midnight Oil. Now, I mean, each of them have their own take on how music should impact the world. You know, and this is what I really love about this show as well. Discovering why bands created what they did and how it impacted music and social history. I've got to say, none more than you too. I remember these guys when I was just a lad as well. And in fact, the main reason why you wanted to start with Rattle and Hum was because it referenced so many bands that you yourself spoke about during season one of The Beat Generation. Oh, it absolutely did, like Dylan and Lennon and, you know, uh, Woody Guthrie. All of these bands uh, had a massive, massive impact on the Beat Generation. So I felt it was really the perfect place to start. So it was 1988 and you 2 had had massive success with The Joshua Tree. It was a departure from the band's usual commentary on social and political issues and their intense spirituality. In fact, there has never been uh, another bigger selling and more influential record than Joshua Tree from U2, spawning hits like With or Without You and I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. You know, it was their journey into the heartland of America that ended with the desire to dig deeper into their roots, the music that influenced their lives growing up and, of course, the music that formed the backbone 
of roots music as a whole. You know, blues, country, gospel, even folk. From the folk sounds of Woody Guthrie to the gospel tones of Billie Holiday, you two created Rattle and Hum. It was a mixture of studio tracks and live performances, and the album gave the band a number one hit in nine countries and the first number one single in the UK. That song, of course, was Desire, and it set the tone for what was to be one of the most controversial albums of their career, dividing audiences and critics, yet all the while embracing their musical heritage. This is The Beat Generation and our look at U2's Rattle and Hum and their first single, Desire. So the beginnings of Rattle and Hum came out of the Joshua Tree album and the subsequent tour of the US. So it was impossible to look at this album without understanding why Joshua Tree was created in the first place. 
Now, if I remember correctly, you two were inspired by American experiences, their politics, history, especially from an Irish roots perspective. Of course, the four lads from Dublin embarked on a journey into the heartland of the US. It was a journey that starts with a search for a mythical America and actually ended up with the discovery of the real America. It was a romance of sorts that many artists have had over the years and was in stark contrast to the visions of third world countries that the band experienced while travelling in Africa for Live Aid. In actual fact, there was an interview that Bono did and I remember him saying uh, that he saw the spoilt children of the Western world and started thinking that they have a physical desert, but we have other kinds of deserts. Birthing the concept of the desert journey across Joshua Tree as the symbol of the barrenness of the West in the midst of the overindulgence. It was a journey into the heartland of America and perfectly represented by the song of the same name on Rattle and Hum. Originally started during the Unforgettable Fire album, the song was completed for Rattle and Hum and was the only track from the album never performed on their preceding Love Town tour. This is Heartland by U2 and you are listening to The Beat Generation. See the sunrise over
Well, welcome back to The Beat Generation and our look at the work of U2 and their album Rattle and Hum. Now, it was 1988, and in America, it was all systems go. Russia and the US were now friends, the space shuttle program was finally relaunched, and the war on drugs had finally been declared. US was back on track again, but something just wasn't right. And we all remember, you too weren't short of the critics' scorn. The critics called Rattle and Hum misguided and bombastic. U2 had done its job in creating an album that on the surface looked like it was acknowledging the magic of America, yet underneath the surface, it showed how the country had become completely misguided. One song from the Joshua Tree album that took on a new meaning with Rattle and Hum was Bullet the Blue Sky. Now, this is actually a really interesting song because it was originally written about Reagan's administration backing the military regimes in El Salvador. During Rattle and Hum phase, it became more about greed and corruption in the US, especially targeting TV evangelists. And ironically, it's become a song that takes on a new commentary on every new tour. So consumerism, Nazism, handgun violence, religious violence, this is one of the songs that has managed to stand the test of time and has become a staple for every concert that U2 ever does. I've been to so many U2 concerts and they always perform this song. Yeah, they do. That's right. Of course, they've never performed it with Jimi Hendrix at the start. <laughs> so uh, they pre-recorded this and this was Star Spangled Banner by Jimi Hendrix at the start of it. And of course, Bullet the Blue Sky from Rattle and Hum on the Beat Generation.
hands up to me His face red like a rose on a thorn bush Like all the colors of a royal flush And he's peeling off those dollar bills Slapping them down 100 200 And I can see those fighter planes I can see those fighter planes Across the mud huts where the children sleep Through the valleys and the quiet city streets We take the staircase to the first floor We turn the key and slowly unlock the door A man breathes into a saxophone Through the walls we hear the city groan Outside it's America Outside it's America Between ABC News, Hill Street Blues, and a preacher of the old time gospel hour, stealing money from the sick and the old. Well, the God I believe in isn't short of cash, mister. I feel a long way from the hills of San Salvador, where the sky is ripped open and the rain pours through a gaping wound. Pelting the women and children, pelting the women and children. Run, run into the arms. Of America. As we round out the first half of this special look at U2's Rattle and Hum, one song which linked the album back to an iconic artist of the beat generation was the track God Part 2. It was written as a response to John Lennon's song God. Almost an update, written in the same stanza style. The song references Instant Karma as well with an attack on Albert Goldman for his scathing attack on rock legends like Elvis and Lennon. Yeah, the song actually highlights everything that is wrong with America, where we start to idolise artists, but at the same time we're super critical of what they're doing. The irony, of course, were the critics of U2, who were attacking them for the musical choices they were making on their way to becoming one of the biggest artists in history. I like to look at this song as Bono's middle finger salute to the naysayers, a song that gives an even greater voice to an already outspoken band. 
Here is God Part 2 from U2's Rattle and Hum on The Beat Generation. Don't believe the devil, I don't believe his book, but the truth is never the same without the lies he made up. I don't believe in excess, success is to give. I don't believe in riches, but you should see where I live. Don't believe in rage But every time she passes by Wild folks escape Don't believe in death row Skid row of gangs Don't believe in the Uzi Just went off in my hand
All Along the Watchtower, the Bob Dylan classic performed by U2 on the Rattle and Hum album. Bob Dylan actually featured predominantly on the album with this song and also co-writing the song Love Rescue Me. Originally called Prisoner of Love, and it was originally recorded with Bob Dylan's actual vocals, but due to commitments with the Travelling Wilburys, the vocals were replaced with Bono's. I actually heard that Bono was really upset with that because uh, the, the recording with Dylan was absolutely epic. Yeah, and he wanted record. He wanted Dylan's voice to stay on there, didn't he? He did, he did, but but, but Dylan refused. Such a shame. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully it'll resurface one day. We will be back to continue our look at U2's Rattle and Hum on the Beat Generation right after this. Hi, this is Shane and Andrew from the Bad Boys. If you're after quality, hard-hitting journalism that matches four corners, news that'll keep the government and the people accountable for their actions, and current affairs that's more reliable than, well, a current affair, then then that's that's not not us. us. Bad Boys Unleashed, music, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and the only original Bad Boys news that makes 60 Minutes sound like the Muppets. Join me, him, and bad girl Angie for the conversation that no one wants to have, but everybody wants to hear. Bad Boys Unleashed, subscribe for free on Apple and Spotify. This is The Beat Generation, a look at music throughout the years that changed our world from the original beat poets of the 50s through to the musicians of the 60s until today. They've become known for their influence on music that has shaped the soundtrack of our lives, simply known as The Beat Generation. Welcome back to The Beat Generation, produced in association with Bad Boys Media and Townsville's Triple TFM. I'm Shane Bryan and I'm joined by another member of The Bad Boys, Andrew Hackett, as we look into albums that have changed our lives by artists that have changed the face of the musical landscape. Make sure you check out our Facebook page, Music That Changed the World, and our Instagram page, The Beat Generation Podcast. Well, it was an album that divided the critics. On one hand, reviewers felt U2's Rattle and Hum was a deliberate and rather pretentious attempt at rock and roll fame, while others felt it was ignorance, not pretentiousness. Yeah, and in fact, some have said that it was nothing but an attempt at scrapbooking the Joshua Tree tour. Ironically, most of the critics of the album were people in the US, which is, of course, the same country that U2 were essentially criticising. 
However, regardless of the reviews, the album went on to chart and not only became number one album in nine countries, it became the fastest selling album in the UK, with more than 360,000 copies sold in the first week alone. A record unbeaten until 1997 with Oasis's album, Be Here Now. Now, say what you want about the public view of Rattle and Hum, but it was a direct result of this album that gave the resurgence in popularity for blues legend B.B. King, introducing him to a whole new set of fans with the track When Love Comes to Town. Recorded in the iconic Sun Studio, you know, Elvis's studio, the song has become a regular in both U2 and B.B. King concerts, even giving the joint Love Town tour its name. It was also one of several tracks on Rattle and Hum with a distinct blues flavour, cementing the band even further into rock and roll history. Here is When Love Comes to Town by U2 on The Beat Generation.
U2's romance with B.B. King and the blues was just one love affair that came out of their time in America. The other was Roots and Jazz. Angel of Harlem, the second single from Rattle and Hum, was an ode to Billie Holiday, but also referenced John Coltrane, Miles Davis and the Birdland Club. It was also a celebration of the woman who had become known as the Angel of Harlem, but also a reminder of the various facets of music that New York has become responsible for throughout the years. It was recorded as well at the famous Sun Studios. Here is Angel of Harlem by U2 as we take a look at Rattle and Hum on the Beat Generation.
Well, throughout the years, U2 has been known for their spirituality and their gospel-infused lyrics, from the early days of Gloria through to 40, based on Psalm 40, right through to Grace from All That You Can't Leave Behind. Faith has been a go-to theme that the band has continually gone back to. It's no wonder, then, that questionably their biggest song ever was one that made the statement, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. When that track was originally released on the Joshua Tree album, many listening to the demos were initially confused by Bono's admission of spiritual doubt. But cleverly, Bono sang the track in the upper register of his vocal range, and with that slight change, the song took on a whole new meaning and became about spiritual yearning. Now, in 1987, a New York choir director recorded a full gospel version of the song, gave it to Island Records to release as a follow-up to the U2 release. Island Records boss Chris Blackwell refused. But in July, one of Island Records managers handed the track to U2. By September of that same year, U2 were standing in Greater Calvary Baptist Church in Harlem rehearsing with the choir. Two days later, the band and the choir performed in front of a packed crowd at Madison Square Gardens. How amazing is that? I remember that really clearly and it was incredible. Yeah. I Still Haven't Found What I Am Looking For has been acclaimed as one of the greatest songs of all time and the version on Rattle and Hum takes the song to a whole new level. You are listening to The Beat Generation.
Well, to close out the beat generation today, there is one other track from Rattle and Hum that made massive waves on the charts around the world. That song was All I Want Is You. It was an unusual track at the end of the album that almost seems out of sync with the rest of the album. Yet, in hindsight, it was the perfect way not only to finish the album, but also this chapter of their lives. The band left behind the American love affair with Rattle and Hum and with it their musical style that made an impact in Joshua Tree. Unforgettable fire and war as they embarked on a much different style starting with Octun Baby. The searing guitars and industrial rock became their sound for the coming few years as the band's reinvention embraced and poked fun at our fascination with multimedia. Rattle and Hum marked the end of the era for the band but it also cemented them as one of the biggest supergroups in music history. Well, thanks for joining us on The Beat Generation this week. Next week, we'll be celebrating an album that is about to see its 50th anniversary in May 2021. I'm talking, of course, about what's going on by the one and only Marvin Gaye. Now, don't miss the show as we feature tracks from the album and also some tracks from the original Detroit mix that's just seen the light of day. So to take us out this week, all I want is you from U2's Rattle and Hum. I'm Shane Bryan. And I'm Andrew Hackett. And this has been The Beat Generation. Freedom!